We're just saying it's National Donut Day. It is, is it? National, National Donut, Donut Day? Day today. Which yes. is so appropriate because there are so many themes in Pentecost, and it's the wheat harvest. <laughs> and the wheat harvest. And so, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, that, that is perfect. In fact, the number one food for, for Pentecost, because uh, I, I actually pay attention to these things because it's part of the celebration, right? So every feast you have foods that you focus on. So do you know the food you focus on or can't focus on for Pentecost by chance? I do uh, not. I'm, I have, I'm looking forward to learning, though. I have added donuts to it, but I love a good donut. So we'll add donuts to it. It is, well, the two items are... Uh, Wheat, of course, and it's the milk and honey of the land, so it's cheese. So if you had milk or if you had wheat and you had cheese, what would you make? Wheat and cheese. Cheesecake? I'd make <laughs> pizza. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got dessert. I've got the meal. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, my wife, she bakes a lot. So Well, that's know. true. I do see that a lot. And I tasted a lot of that, too. So. <laughs> yeah, it's pizza, actually. So the the proper food, if you want to celebrate Pentecost, is pizza. It's pizza. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to bring that up tonight at my house. Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, through the weekend, too. It's pizza, pizza, pizza. That's what you get here. So Okay. So, as I said, so many things. So many things to talk about. About. So I want to take you back first. It's not about donuts or pizza. All the way back to Mount Sinai. That's right. I don't yeah. think they had donuts or pizza at that point. But on the first Pentecost, so you're going back 3,500 years, they just got out of Egypt. They're slaves no more, walked 50 days, arrived at Mount Sinai. There's signs and wonders that are accompanying the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. All right? There's smoke. There's fire and clouds on the mountain. Now, I've seen the mountain on video. It's in Saudi Arabia. You actually can't get to it. You can take tours now, which I would love to do. But looking at it and in that space with God's presence, the top of the mountain's burned. I mean, God is present there, and they're terrified. They are. There's two million of them and one God on a mountain, and they are terrified. The mountain's literally trembling, and the blast of a shofar Sounds louder and louder, and they're just, you know, trumpet for them. They've been slaves. It tells them to, to everything to do, and so now here they've arrived. They're supposed to be free, and this trumpet's getting louder and louder, and they're thinking, we're going to die. <laughs> the voice of God was audibly heard by the entire nation, mm. and according to the, the Midrash, this is the traditional Jewish interpre interpretation of scriptures, not always right, but uh, the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai was accompanied by several wonders. Number one, flames of fire, which came to each individual at Sinai. On the occasion of the giving of the Torah, the children of Israel not only heard Yehovah's voice, but actually saw the what, what we would call sound waves as they emerged from Yehovah's mouth. Hmm. They visualized them as a fiery substance. So they weren't look, actually kind of looking at him, but this fiery substance was coming out as he spoke. That's yeah. what this Midrash says. It goes back thousands of years. I'm Jewish, of course, since it's not our stuff. Uh, second, the voice of God speaking in every language known to man. Now, in rabbinic lore, there are 70 mother languages. Exodus 20:15 says, And all the people witnessed the thunderings. That's the English interpretation. 
The Midrash says, so it said that God's voice, as it was uttered, split up into 70 voices in 70 languages so that all the nations should understand. A lot of times we think, well, there's the slaves in Egypt, they're all the Jewish nation. But actually, there was lots of people with them, too. People came from Egypt. There's other groups of people. So there, it was not a situation where you just spoke in Hebrew and everybody got it, or Aramaic, right? If we jump to Exodus 20, verse 18, when the, and this is the English translation, when mm-hmm. the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and, or the shofar and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. Better translation is probably, they were yeah. terrified. And stood at a distance. <laughs> they're running away. All right? yeah. They're not coming near to God. They're running away. Yeah. In Hebrew, the thunder and lightnings in this passage literally reads, if you translate it, voices and torches or fires Mm. or lights is the actual translation of that. Still enough to freak everybody out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) the point here is that theologians, as they're translating, and I I appreciate translators, you got to be brilliant to do that, but theologians believe voices was translated thunders in English because voices are normally heard rather than seen. Or felt. Yeah. (laughs) It didn't make sense, so they said there's thunder. And torches, or whatever word you want to look there, was translated as lightning because it made sense with thunder and lightning. They go together. And it's kind of describing that, but it wasn't. The Hebrew word for voices is plural. So what the people heard was one God, but many voices or languages. Right. That means that everyone heard the Torah in a way that they could understand it in the language that they spoke, even though they were a mixed multitude. So let's go forward because this probably sounds so familiar to you. In Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came Ooh. from heaven. We never think about that. A violent, violent wind. Violent, yeah. And filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. Hmm. Let me just say, as a young person... I always pictured literally, literally tongues because right. that's what it said, tongues, yeah. and I never understood I that. I know. It was always very confusing to me. And finally, somebody, you know, the interpretation was flames. I was going, oh, not literally tongues because it never made sense why these tongues were on top of their heads. Mm-hmm. So I never liked that translation. The but licking it, of the flames, though. Like, <laughs> if you think about that, like the yeah. way that a flame flickers. We use weird language Weird language, it. yeah. So yeah. it's that's... Not literally a tongue, yeah. but a, a flame, a flicker, is yeah. what they're saying there. <laughs> Not my favorite <laughs> translation, but I'm just, I'm just being honest here. For most of my life, I was going, I was always seeing tongues above their head. <laughs> what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. So in Acts chapter 2, violent wind and fire on top of their head. Yeah, A large fire of some sort came down from heaven, then divided covered each one of them. Yeah. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them, is what it says. So you have voices and torches again. Same thing at the first Pentecost on Mount Sinai happened in Acts chapter 2. It keeps going. I was going to say, that's starting to sound familiar. It doesn't. Well, here's the other part that sounds familiar. Now, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. (laughs) There's violence and all that. Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? When did they learn all these languages? (laughs) How is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Now, notice something there. 
we don't always notice. The Bible says that people heard in their language. It doesn't say they spoke in that language. True. It said they heard. Just like at Sinai, everyone heard in their own language as God spoke. Mm. So the disciples and followers of Jesus were all aware of the giving of the Torah at Shavuot, you know, 1,500 years earlier. They knew the story of the words of fire resting on each individual at Shavuot. They knew the story of God's voice speaking to all mankind in every language at Shavuot. Mm. It's Shavuot. (laughs) And so, therefore, the miracles and signs and wonders that they experienced in Acts chapter 2 carried deep significance and very much prophetic fulfillment. The tongues of fire and the speaking in every tongue were both allusions to Mount Sinai to the experience of the receiving of the Torah, the very first Pentecost or Feast of Weeks. Was the baptism of the Holy Spirit an actual event in history? Yes, yes, yes. Has it continued to happen even to our current day? Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, and yes. Is it a one-time occurrence or a constant refilling? Well, let me just tell you, if you ever find a day where God isn't more, it's a bad day for you. It's a constant, continuing thing. There's always more available. Yes. In a very practical sense, we count down the 50 days to Pentecost because 2,000 years ago was not a one-time experience for the disciples, Mm -hmm. but rather the first experience of a constant refilling of the Spirit. As we arrive at Pentecost, let's seek together to encounter the baptism of the Holy Spirit for those who never have, and ask for even more of the wonderful manifest presence of Jesus, for those who've encountered the baptism but are still longing for more of his touch. Mm. If your particular church upbringing has left you confused or even hesitant about the possibilities of such encounters and experiences in our day, listen to Jesus describe what the average Christian life would look like just before he ascended. So again, we're going back to the original here. And these signs will follow those who believe. Hmm. In my names, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Uh, That's pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Doesn't say it ended. No. They will. Not going to end. They will. They will take up serpents. Now, that's not an invitation or encouragement to handle snakes, by the way. (laughs) And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Likewise, it's not an invitation to uh, drink poison. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. I'll take each and every one of those. Yeah. Well, listen, this is Jesus talking, all right? So, at the very least, you know, my rule of thumb is there's more, and I don't get it all. I don't understand it. (laughs) Teach me more. So, if any of this doesn't make sense, we have a lot of teaching for you, and I'm just going to share from my heart, my experiences, and what the Word of God says. So, that's what all is coming.